Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Smiles and Frowns podcast. How you doing, Maddie? I'm good. I just finished writing a resume where I was like, you know, when you, you read a resume and you're like, what, what, what the hell is going on here? Like, what, what do you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're trying to piece it together and figure out what they do. That was one of that. But I just did that. So I'm good. I, I went on a morning walk today, which I think um, I've been doing this whole week, but I think it it makes a big difference in how I start my day. Yes. I feel that. I feel that. It's like setting intentions for the day when you start it with like focusing on yourself in that way. Yeah. Getting some fresh air, some movement so that you don't feel like the, each day is the same, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's important for us mm-hmm. to make the time to do that. Yeah. To inspire some creativity and see the the trees blow and the little ducks in the pond. <laughs> in our bougie state of California. <laughs> yeah. So what you drinking today? Girl is water again. <gasps> Hydrated queen. 2024 is off to a good start in that regard. Hydration. Mm-hmm. I will say though, I'm not drinking it right now, but raspberry lemonade has me in a chokehold mm. with so, with a lot of ice. Like it's just so good, delicious. Yeah, mm. delicious. <laughs> it's funny you say that <laughs> because I used to work at this place a long time ago when I was a teenager, and they had the raspberry iced tea. Mm-hmm. And that was my go-to because we got free drinks and food. Oh, my God, my go-to. So yeah. I feel yeah. you. And I got to water everything down. Um, you yes. get older and everything is so sweet, right? Yes. So that's yes. why I put so much ice in it. But, yeah, that's my vibe right now. What about you? What you drinking? I I went to this health food store, and they have this. It's like some super fruit, acai berry, little drink, kombucha thing again. I'm on the little kombucha kick, okay? See, listen, water and kombucha to start off 2024. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I'm trying to stick to it. I'm like, you know, I don't usually like to drink like a lot of sugary things. So I feel like if I get a kombucha, it's only like 10 grams of sugar enough that it won't make me feel crazy but enough to make me feel like i've had a sweet thing it's perfect. You get a, yeah like it's kind of like your fix for that little sugar taste yeah but if anyone has recommendations on like some low sugar alternatives that are similar to kombucha end of my way i think i showed you this i like this sparkling diet uh, cranberry juice yes And it's only 10 calories and it's one gram of sugar. That's really good. It doesn't have that aftertaste. Oh. So that's another one that sometimes with ice. Yeah. Is my (laughs) go-to. I'm going to have to try it. It looks good. Yeah. It's pretty good. So let's talk about our smiles and frowns for this week, child. What was your smile and frown? Oh, I, wow, okay, the smile for this week. I think it's been the fact that I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning and decided to go on a walk early. 
Now, granted, this was not by choice, okay? And this is the frown. So you're not in the 5 a.m. club. This was just a glitch. It's a glitch, and I think it, it's going to be a mistake of a glitch each week. Okay. Not by my choice. Not by my choice. It's by street sweeping's choice. Oh, hell no. And I forget. Like, I'm like, who's thinking about that? So I went to bed last night. I did set an alarm, but I ignored the alarm to move mm-hmm. my car. Mm-hmm. But then this morning I hear honking <laughs> at like 545. Sure enough, it's my car. I don't know what I don't know what happened to that girl. I don't know. We're just gonna close our eyes and act like whoever listened. But I was like, oh my God, I gotta go move my car. So that I I run because I'm like, usually they're really on time street sweeping. So I run out there. There's no ticket on my car, thank God, but I had to move it. And then at, by that point. So you gotta do this every week? Every week. There's nowhere else to park. No, girl. <laughs> Little. I'm telling you, like you said, when the cheap rent, we compromise to something with cheap rent. Okay. And it just is what it is. But, but I will say, with all that adrenaline running to my car, I couldn't go back to bed. And had it not been for that, I probably wouldn't have went on my walk as early as I did. Yeah. That's <laughs> the silver lining, I guess. I mean, hey. I'll be a 5 a.m. girly Thursdays only. Forced. Forced. I'm sorry. What about for okay. you? Um, it's it's been calmer this week versus last week. I usually think that I can get through things without feeling them. Sometimes I know last episode I was talking about feeling your feelings, but sometimes I don't. So I thought that I would be able to get through whatever I was feeling last week without crying, but I let it out. And I probably cried on and off all day. And I woke up the next day feeling refreshed and renewed. And it just goes back to always going back to being human and feeling your feelings, whatever it is. So that's my smile is that, you know, after I did that, I was able to do self-care. I got my massage this week. I'm even putting my in my Instagram stories, like my day-to-day, just to help other people too. It gives people a chance to get to know me and what I do every day. But I think it's something that other people will probably adopt. So I was like, this is bigger than me. Let me yeah. <laughs> let me use my life experience to help other people. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And it helps me stay on track, surprisingly, with having a little checklist. So I just told our marketing manager today, I said, you know, we were very reactive last year and the year prior. And any ideas that we have, we're going to write them down, analyze them, and make sure we want to do it before we actually do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're not just going to say, oh, let's do that. That sounds good. And then regret it later. So we're, we're being smart. We're maturing quite a bit. And it's great. So that's my smile. I was reluctant to talk about my frown because it, it doesn't need any light. But someone said that they don't trust my team to do the resume writing. And I was just at first, I was like, well, choose someone else then. If it's that deep for you, you know. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I understand why you would want me to work on it. But I don't think anybody in their right mind 
would do thousands of resumes for a long period of time. And when I did work that hard, it was because I was trying to get to this point that I'm at today of having other people do the work for me. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to catch the Wendy CEO giving you your hamburger. No. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But it it just, you know, it was a slight frown. It's not going to shake me up too much. But I just thought I'd share that with y'all today. It's just the audacity that people have on the gram and on TikTok or wherever else is when they can't say it to your face. They have all of this courage. But if they were to see you in person, they wouldn't have any of that to say. Right. And, you know, what's funny is with that whole situation is that when our team is overwhelmed and whatnot, just like you recently shared on Instagram, you will jump in and do a couple resumes. So they might be one of the lucky ones. <laughs> but I mean, it's just not like the average thing to expect that. And um, I mean, was, I guess it's. Yeah, it was giving like, oh, you're an actual, you have a, you're a black woman and you have a team. Like it was like, <laughs> like you don't do it all. It was yeah. giving that. Yeah. And I, I don't think that, that it's fair to expect that of someone who is just doing a lot and as much as we all love the charnay there are other talented writers out there too gosh everybody i listen the people on my team sometimes i look at their resumes i'm like this is better than what i would do okay (laughs) so i mean for me to provide the mentorship and the guidance I'm locked in every day. I don't think I could ever just fully just not have eyes on my business. I care about what is happening because I care about the impact that the client gets. What kind of results are they seeing? We're doing this to help people. We're not doing this to collect money like a lot of these resume writing companies are. They'll scam you. They don't even give you the resume. They'll ghost you. They'll let you pay almost $1,000. Because people complain about our price point, too, not knowing that we're at the lower end. We could be charging what all of these other companies are charging, and we don't because we want to help. And if it were up to me, they would be even lower, but we wouldn't be able to keep, we wouldn't be able to maintain our stamina with the writing. Like, we can only do so much. So with the expertise that we provide and the time and effort that we put in, that justifies the price point. I agree a hundred percent. There's a lot more work behind the scenes and you guys might might realize yes. <laughs> that yes. everyone on the team puts in, which I'm sure if you looked at any other company, you'd be like, Why are these people working so hard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. So working so hard to make a good product for our clients and the impact and all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So today, what are we talking about today? Oh my gosh. So many questions. We've gotten so many questions over time and we want to answer all of those career-related questions. So Mm -hmm. let's jump right into it. So these are questions that were pulled from things that clients typically will DM and ask Charnay or comment things and whatnot. So these are pretty common across the board. So what comes up a lot is 
people will ask like, why am I nervous about my first day at a new job? Mm. Isn't everyone? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the first day of school. You're the you new kid me? on the block. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I've ever, like, I think of all the jobs that I've gotten, I don't think I ever slept well the night before a new job. Like, this is very common. And people second guess themselves, too. I see that a lot where they're like, I don't know if I could do this job. They're like a couple weeks in and they're just like, why did I leave my old job? It's because you're not in your comfort zone. That's it. But there's beauty in that because it shows that you're challenging yourself. You're growing. Yeah. And I think every time you start a new journey, it's always scary. That's so different than what you've done before. So some of those nerves come up. And then also people act real different on your first day of work. I always think about, <laughs> even when, uh, not speaking about resume addict, but previous jobs, like it's either they are being overly nice and acting like this is the most perfect place, or it's like a reality check, like you just signed up for hell. Welcome to death row. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's nerve wracking. Yeah. 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 I would just say to that, you know, it's it's normal to be nervous. Just don't let them see you sweat. Come in there confident and strong. Come in there wanting to learn and meet people. And just remember, you can reinvent yourself every time. They don't know you. You can be whatever personality you want to be at this new job. So take that with you. They don't have to, you know, know everything about you or who you are outside of work. You bring whatever personality you want to bring, as long as it's professional. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next one? So another question that Sharnay got asked was, were you still employed when you started Resume Addict? Mm-hmm. So 2015 is when I started it. So I was about 25. and I. Went through so many resumes as a recruiter. I saw it as a need. And people had already been asking me to do resumes. They were like, yeah, my friends and family, they all wanted resumes done. You work in HR, help me. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Like you're just a guru when you work in HR all of a sudden. But it was a cute little side hustle. I never, ever would have imagined that it would be where it is today. Next year is 10 years of resume addict. 2020, I got laid off because of the pandemic. I was a recruiter. And recruiters, if you don't know, they're nice to have. They're the first ones to go if the economy isn't doing well. In most cases, recruiters get laid off. So I was a part of that. And I was very scared. I went on one interview and it didn't feel right. Nothing about it felt right. I said, like, and not even from a, a egotistical way of like, I don't want to sell myself to someone else, but it didn't feel right for me to do that. I got tired of proving my worth over and over again in the job market. So I said, if it doesn't work, I'll just go get another job. If it works, because I already had an audience, maybe 5,000 followers at the time. And that was huge for me. I said, if it works, then I'll just keep with it. And now we have almost 300,000 followers. And that's from hard work and dedication I, and, and faith. Like those are the three things that I would say have gotten me to the point that I'm at. It's just 
consistency, hard work, dedication, and faith. So, yes, that was a long answer, but I was employed for about five years before I went full-time with the business. Yeah. Yeah. Another question someone asked, which I think this is interesting because it's a tricky thing to answer because I feel like either somehow fall into it or you're really intentional with this one, but Mm -hmm. they asked, what tips would you give to someone who wants to get into the HR industry? Mm. You got to be a little crazy if you want to be in HR. Let me start there. I was just going to say, what did you do to get in HR? Like, how was that? Um, Oh, that's a good question. The way I got into HR is that I was able to leverage some of my transferable skills And I also knew someone who previously worked with me Mm -hmm. who knew what I was doing in, you know, that, that role recently. And she worked in HR. And so she was like, I think that with the skill set that you have, this could be leveraged in our company. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got connected. So a little bit of unintentional networking. I didn't realize that my, I had a professional impact, Mm -hmm. I guess. Because, you know, me, I just run through jobs like I just do what I do and I do it well. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess I didn't realize that people were noticing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I got lucky in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I, fell, I think, in, fell into yeah. it. That was like, yeah, that was a perfect response because I feel like most people do fall into it. I did, too, as a recruiter. I went to school for PR. I thought I was going to be this big marketing guru of just like putting fires out. And in a way, I still, I put fires out. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I saw like, oh, recruiters get to go to job fairs. That's kind of marketing. That'll be fun. And it was on Craigslist. The opening was on Craigslist back in the day. Oh, that was risky, Charnay. It was for a collision repair company. And the lady talked the whole time during the interview. I didn't get a word in. She was just telling me all about the company. I was like, oh, I don't even have to interview for this job. Like, it's in the bag. She asked me a few questions about my degree. And she was like, yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and hire you. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, what, like 20 bucks an hour? And I was like, well, that's more than I ever made. Like, let's do it. Yeah. And. I got to travel to different locations and it was a cool little job, but I, I didn't, I've stumbled into HR the same way. I would say start entry level if you're going to do it and you don't have a degree like HR assistant, HR admin, recruiting coordinator. If you have a degree or you have experience in management, then maybe like an operational position like HR ops, people ops, stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's what I would recommend if you want to if you dare to get into HR. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> uh, like HR sounds fun and exciting and all these great things as a career path. But I think my lucky stars, as much as I do love HR, I'm yeah. just glad that I didn't pigeonhole myself mm-hmm. um, because you do kind of have like a set path. So you kind of have to think about that. You can pivot yes. out later on, but the HR realm, it's like, it's all the same stuff, just dressed up a little different. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's fun. It's, I mean, you definitely learn a lot about people. <laughs> That's for sure. 
So moving on from the whole HR thing, then I think this is a really good question is what are the best websites to search for a new job? Yeah. I hate that people are so pigeonholed to only a few, to like the big ones, you know, there used to be so many back in the day, like when you think about monster.com and snack, you remember snack a job? Do you remember that site? I do. (laughs) Zip recruiter, like there used to be career builder. There was so many, but now today, like LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, I would say, do you know it? Like remote, like remote job boards. I think, I mean, those definitely cover like all the bases. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that, and I don't know how I feel about it. There's a lot of these like really niched down job boards. Like I was working with a client for interior design. Couldn't really find many job opportunities on Indeed or LinkedIn, but there were all these interior design job boards that had all these opportunities. Uh huh. So to me, I don't, I'm kind of torn because yes, it's great to be niched down, but then it kind of makes it a little more confusing. But what you can do is if you are searching for something specific, like remote jobs, just type into Google remote job board. Yeah. I think it's, we work remotely or something. Yeah. But there are some that if you're still, it's harder, it's more challenging, y'all. This is not 2020. There's a lot more hybrid than there is fully remote. But there are still some companies that are offering it. But yeah, I would say to start with what Maddie said, with just like looking up remote websites through a Google search or something. I mean, obviously LinkedIn is a great tool to use. Um Indeed is getting a little, like back in the day, it used to be pretty decent enough to where you could find opportunities. But today it is feeling like the Facebook version of (laughs) just a lot of scam. Like the scams are insane. It's out of control. Yeah. So, and then LinkedIn, I just saw an article that they're the Gen Zers are looking to LinkedIn to find their partners. Like it's turning into a dating situation. And I was like, that's actually a good business if LinkedIn ever decided to switch their model, their business model. It'd be a professional dating site. I don't know. You know, a little sprinkle, sprinkle energy. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I think they use it for that anyway. I really do. Everybody's on there to try to find somebody. I don't know. That's kind of a a tough question, but. Yeah. I think if, if if you are looking for something really specific like project management, try just searching like whatever industry you're in, blank job board in Google, see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So another person asked, or this is actually very commonly asked, um, recruiters reach out, I respond, and then they stop communicating. What is going on? <laughs> Welcome to the club, Rand. It could be a lot of things. It's called ghosting, for those of you that aren't familiar. And it's very, very, very common. And it's frustrating. And you want makes you want to fight. <laughs> and because you get excited, right? Like 
I remember one time somebody called me. The job was like $50 an hour. It was something like really decent. And I blew her phone up. <laughs> voicemail after voicemail after voicemail, email, email, e- nothing. It was like she never reached out. Mm. And I don't know, I guess it was the, the money part that makes that scenario stick out but it's been going on for a good 10 years of this whole ghosting situation and I just there's nothing that can be done about it unless there's something that's holistically like in America done about it but I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon no I don't think so and another thing to kind of bring you guys behind the curtain here Sometimes in recruiting, you're told like you need to source X amount of people or what are your efforts for X, Y, and Z? Well, wait, wait, wait. What does sourcing mean for people who don't know? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Speaking recruiter terms. Sourcing basically just means reaching out and finding talent. So they're going to inbox you and LinkedIn. They're going to reach out by email, whatever the case is. So they're looking for people. So you get told, okay, search for X, Y, and Z. We need to see your efforts and blah, blah, blah. So not to say that those efforts are not truly fruitful, but in some cases, you might have just been part of a mass selection of emails or in-mails that were sent out. Or what I've seen in the past is, and this is unfortunate, hiring managers want you to continue your recruiting efforts until someone has accepted an offer. Yes. They so, could be in the middle of interviewing, mm-hmm. know who they want to hire, but say we have to have backups in case this person doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a dirty game. It is. And then on the recruiter side, when you're recruiting for a bunch of different positions, sometimes it does get hard to for them to respond and be like, never mind, we went with someone else. It just depends on whether you're doing with someone who's a high volume recruiter or if there's someone who has a low requisition load, that's recruiter talk, but mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. So it, it just depends. And then some flat out are just bad recruiters. So don't take it personal. Yeah, literally. You, it's And it's hard to not take it personally, especially when you need a job. There's so many people being laid off. So they're going to take their search personally because they need money. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that try to stay as business minded as you can with the search because you will be ghosted. You will be rejected. You will think you did amazing in the interview and they pick someone else. That's not a fair game, unfortunately. No, definitely is not. And piggybacking on that, someone, this is another commonly asked question is why does it take so long to hear back about my application? Depends on where they're at with the process, for one. Yep. If it's new, though, I don't know about you, but as a recruiter, I feel like that was my biggest stressor is getting the hiring manager to review the resumes. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the number one blocker for me in getting the process moving forward was, have you had a chance to look at the resumes yet? And this is after I've weeded through hundreds. And it's like, they don't take it seriously and I got goals to meet as a recruiter Mm -hmm. so that alone can take weeks if not a month 100 Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. you, when you hear from a job, they're like, oh, do you, you're still interested in this job that you applied for two months ago? It's probably because of the hiring manager taking their sweet time. And now another thing, too, is with applicant tracking systems, depending upon the recruiter and how good they are at keeping their applicant tracking systems updated with the different statuses of where the clients are, their dispositions, and certain dispositions will send automated emails. That's why sometimes you'll get an email a year later saying, oh, we've moved on. Thank you so much. Because someone had to go in and clean up their shit from a year ago. (laughs) Uh, So it's just a mess. Um, Yeah. And that doesn't include the multiple panel interviews. So mm -hmm. thinking about the whole hiring process from a recruiting standpoint, from the day it's posted to the offer, it's a good 90 days most of the time, 60 to 90 days. Mm -hmm. Easy. It's a mess. And I think this is a, this is a really important question. Makes me think of another one too, but we'll probably touch on that on a different date. But when should you tell an employer when you are pregnant? When you feel like it. Mm-hmm. I put that in the same category as any other health situation. Whatever you have, you want to tell them when you are ready. Pregnancy is no different. Yes, you need time off from that. But I think we live in such a weird society that, like, I told my manager I was pregnant when I first got pregnant. So I was early on. And I think that fueled their reason for laying me off, if I'm being honest. I got laid off at the ninth month. And luckily, I was on my husband's medical benefits. But I'm like, if I was not, what would I would have done, you know? So I think giving them time to plan for your leave, if you're in a great environment, feel free to say it whenever you want. But if you're in a toxic work environment, you have to use that as kind of like, if they don't see you, you're working remote, it's really when you are ready to tell them. And that could be at the seventh, eighth month. If you wanted it to be, if you have to be in their face every day, they're going to see it, obviously. So you're going to have to say something. But even I saw like a TikTok, this girl just wore loose clothes and they never found out. (laughs) I was about to say, (laughs) just tell them you got fat, you got IBS, something. Something, something. (laughs) We go through so much as women. So there's a million excuses. But yeah, that's at your discretion. I just think that unfortunately it's one of those things that you have to tread lightly with i agree and and piggybacks on my other thought that i was thinking of with even with health conditions you have to be very careful with that because sometimes they will make how would i say assumptions on what that looks like and how it impacts your work So just being careful with that, especially when you're in the screening process. Like I used to have some candidates who would tell me all these sorts of things and I'm totally fine with it. I'll pass them through. But the second they go to the hiring manager saying the same things, then their amazing skill set to the hiring manager gets, it just goes out the window. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. legal. Listen, I've gotten to many fights about certain things like that with hiring managers, but it's... 
um, just to be safe. It's, it's just none of their business until it impacts your work. Right. That's yeah. What I'll say. Yeah, I agree. Oh, like I love a good onboarding question. Are companies still verifying education? Mm. Depends. It depends. I agree. Like, especially traditional industries like academic education, places that have you do the employment application, even though you just uploaded your resume. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any kind of traditional application process is probably going to lead to a verification of some sort. Like, you think about a startup or a more newer company, I'm not verifying anything as an employer. I'm going off of how you're going to impact the business. I'm thinking about that. So it just depends on what, what kind of traditional values the employer has. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's there's some industries, like if you're going to be a nurse, if you're going to be a therapist, if you're things that require education, they 100% will verify. 100%. And it, yes. And if you lie, that's your ass. Uh -huh. And if you... Even certifications, licenses. I always say put the numbers on your resume because they will check that before they will even reach out. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it comes down to, well, this candidate put their license on. We were able to verify beforehand versus this one didn't. So, yep. so <laughs> don't be lying about your education. Don't do it. Don't lie about nothing, y'all. Just Yeah. <laughs> It will come back and bite you eventually, and you'll forget that you lied about it, whatever it was. And you'll be like, damn, I forgot I put that date when really it was I worked here from this time to this time, and that wasn't true. So, yeah, just try to stay smart about your resume and the whole hiring process. Yeah, just, I mean, just approach it as if every possible thing on your resume will need to be verified. Yes. You know, You'll be in a good spot. Yes. Nothing yes. to worry about. <laughs> oh, God. That leans into should I put references on my resume? No. I cringe when I see them. <laughs> never. Never, never, never. Don't do that. Yeah. They'll ask. When did you normally ask for references or did you? It depended if the hiring manager wanted to do reference checks. Mm. Which, piggybacking on that, do not put down a reference who you know is going to give you a bad reference. So just because they're asking for references, that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be your previous manager who hated your guts. Find someone who you worked with that they liked you. <laughs> but I don't like references. Even when I did reference checks, I always took them with a grain of salt because... I would get such varied responses from the references and some people were bitter as hell about the employee and it just didn't align with, with yeah. that. And some employees that I hired who some may have had one or two spotty bad references ended up being incredible employees. So it's just not a good way to measure that. And yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't, they're so biased and it's it's like when people have to provide supervisor-related references, that's when it get, gets sticky because especially if you left on bad terms 
but you were a good employee, it just makes you feel like you won't be able to get another good job if you have a bad supervisor reference or something. But I see less and less of reference checks now, which is nice. They're just usually doing like a background check through the computer of verifying like employment timeline and stuff like that. So you should be fine. All this leads to the next question. How many years do employers go back on background checks? Last time I checked, it was seven. That sounds about right. I know and this might be special because it's for like state, like DOJ, FBI clearances, CCL. This is very specific to mm-hmm. like the healthcare realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will check within the past 10 years of any criminal stuff. So I would say seven to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. what's going on <laughs> and that matches what we put on resumes like 10 years yeah. is the max in most cases there are yes. some exceptions but yeah 10 years unless you're doing federal stuff and someone said they lost their job do i think that they can find something in a month that's too vague you can find something you want to go work doing something crazy maybe maybe it's hard to answer questions like that because we have no context. We don't know what they do. We don't know where they live. There's so many things that play into whether or not you can get callbacks quickly. If you're an administrative assistant, yeah, maybe, because they're so needed. Mm -hmm. But it depends on what you want to do next. It used to be that simple that you could find a job in a month. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, you know, all the processes are so slow now. No, and it's it's crazy because even... Even in those minimum wage type roles, right, whether it's restaurants or hospitality, those hiring processes look so different. You can't just walk in and or just apply. Like, it's just not that anymore for some mm-hmm. reason. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. What are the best times of the year to apply for jobs? Ooh, what do you think, Maddie? <sighs> Oh my God. I think that for me, this is hard to answer because the job market has been so unpredictable. I think it used to be that the September surge was pretty solid. I think this last year was decent, but not as fruitful as Mm -hmm. we have seen historically. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. That's typically the time. Again, this year there has been a little bit more traction for people, but just not as fruitful. So I think the best time overall to apply for a job is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Stay With, consistent. <laughs> within 24 to 48 hours of when they post it. Yeah. The newer, fresher post for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I I have to agree with you. There used to be a, like a solid a solid gauge of this, but I think since 2020, it's just been in the air. We have constantly been seeing like September, October-ish being a window, January to March being a window, and even in the summer too, like the June timeframe, definitely leaning towards the end of the year is not really the best time because people just get into holiday mode. But I would I would agree that as long as you're applying for jobs that are freshly posted, you're fine. It doesn't really matter the time of the year. 
even though there are peaks that happen, but I think because of it being so unpredictable, it just, you just stay consistent and what's meant for you will happen. Absolutely. Yeah. The best time of year to apply for a job. If you're looking, it's Anytime. now. Anytime. <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, this is good too. How many jobs should I apply to if I'm actively searching? Okay. This is a interesting question because I think it's important to be persistent in your search around 10, I would say 10 to 25 per week. But if I were to say that for every industry, that's, that's a rule of thumb, right? I think what's most important is not just casting a wide net when you're applying and don't just apply for everything and anything. It makes it longer, you guys, when you apply for anything. That's when you see, I've been applying for six months and I can't find anything. Well, that's why. Yeah. So being a little bit narrower in your search, mm-hmm. uh, but as a good rule of thumb, I would say about 10 to 25 per week. If you can handle it, Yeah, you can do more that you find that are aligned with what you're looking for and m- meet your needs, then go more, but just remain persistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I second that. Staying consistent when you know that you need to move out of whatever situation you're in, whether it be laid off you're sick of your job, whatever it is, consistency is going to be key. 100%. Someone said, I have 25 years of experience. I'm concerned. I'm too old. How can I avoid biases? I say put 10 years on your resume and call it a day. Yeah. Take off those graduation dates from college. Mm-hmm. I know. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I have heard that some email addresses will also give it away if it was like at sbcglobal.net. Or uh, my mail. mom, my mother has an SBC Global email. I'm like, they don't even exist anymore. Can I be honest with you? Don't say. <laughs> Do I use it? No, that was retired a long time ago. Do I still have one? Yes. Is that going on a resume? Absolutely not. You are too young to have a damn SBC global. (laughs) I'm a grandma at heart. Oh, gosh. I don't want to get off topic, but I got to tell y'all what was so funny. Um, My husband turned on the Hip Hop Grammy Awards or whatever it was, a 50 years of celebration or whatever. And anytime a newer rapper would come on, he just stopped bobbing his head. He's only 36. I said, don't worry, the geriatrics will be back soon. (laughs) (laughs) Every time like Nelly or somebody from the thousands came back, he was like, yeah. Oh, no, he's turning into an old head. But, uh, yeah, a young rapper, he was like, turn this shit off. Oh, my gosh, it's happening. <laughs> I, I said you need an AARP card after this. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So somebody said, the manager said that they didn't qualify for a job because they didn't have a degree but they have the experience to do the job, what should they do? If it's a hard requirement, then you can't do anything about that friend. Like they want what they want. Yeah. And then 
I'm always backing off my experience, but especially when it comes to like education or healthcare, healthcare, for example, if that company and their patients are ruled under CMS, which if you're in the industry, you'll understand what I'm saying. They have to, they have very specific requirements of like, has to be about, no matter if it's a $15 an hour job, minimum wage, has to have a bachelor's degree, has to have X, Y, and Z, or if you're, you know, so some jobs, it's just a non-negotiable depending upon what kind of contracts they're under. The same with federal. Yeah. Yeah. Federal is not a game. They want to check everything mm-hmm. and they want to make sure you have it. So I would say if you do not have a degree, anybody who's listening who does not have a degree, look at the requirements and make sure it says or equivalent experience. That's your lane. Like if it says degree or equivalent experience or it says degree preferred, not required, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's when you have that leeway. And there's I would say more times than not, they're saying that degrees aren't as needed as they used to be. Mm-hmm. We even like have been seeing articles about how, you know, a lot of companies aren't asking for them like they used to. So don't be too hard on yourself about that experience. It probably just wasn't for you. That's it. Yeah. And and like maybe you don't want to work for a company that's antiquated and cares about a degree over experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. they're missing out. They're just missing out. Yep. Well, this is a good final question. So someone said, should I start looking for a new job if I get put on a PIP, which is a performance. What does PIP stand for? Performance Improvement Plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get put on one of those, should you start just looking for another job? Is it over for you if you get that? Do we want the professional advice or the ghetto advice? (laughs) I'm going to have to pick ghetto for 500, Alex. I think what I've seen is if you get fired from a job, you can get unemployment. But oh. if you quit, <laughs> you ain't getting shit. <laughs> Do with that information as you will. But the professional response is once you do get put on a PIP, they're kindly telling you to get out. I agree. I agree. I think that, that was good. We should start doing that more often. The, the hood response, uh, the, like the, the real, and then also the profession. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You should start looking, friend. You should. But if you want to check, if you want to relax for a little while, instead of jumping right into another job, then you stay until they let you go. But if you want to move on and you don't want the stress that comes along with them trying to push you out, then yeah, start looking. Yep. That's that's it. That's That was enough questions. What do you think? There was like 16 questions. I know. I think we got through a lot. Hopefully, it, you know, helps some people understand the yeah. other side of things. Um, yeah. Well, we hope this episode helped you guys today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. As always, it's a pleasure. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.